Did you stop talking? Did <laughs> I, lose you? I just stopped talking. <laughs> everybody, everybody just stopped. St- 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 that was just complete <laughs> silence. <laughs> we have this delay in your video, and it's it's like the old school Godzilla movie or something. Sorry. Right? Uh, it looked like you were still talking. I was Bruce Lee in it over here. Sorry, my bad. I thought you were cut like, out. Is he still going? Hi, everybody. This is the Craft Will Never Die podcast. My name is Blake Weber, and I'm joined by Nick Key, also known as Key Woodworks, and Jason Hibbs, also known as Bourbon Moth Woodworking. You can find me at the Weber Woodshop. All three of us are on Instagram and YouTube, but you can find us collectively on Instagram at Craft Will Never Die. We're recording remotely from our woodshops in three different states around the country. I'm here in California, Nick is in Kentucky, and Jason is in Oregon. But once again, our microphones have brought us together, and we are super stoked to bring you episode number nine of the Craft Will Never Die podcast. What is going on? on guys what's up fellas you guys i just swear i saw the biggest fly i've ever seen in my entire life fly by my head like a horse horse fly (laughs) no it was like two horse flies had a big chubby baby sorry Uh, you should probably (laughs) shower a little more often i think that's what that means probably do i sound funny i'm not in the closet tonight congratulations i think you sound okay maybe just a you sound a little bit more feminine but (laughs) the the closet wasn't um it wasn't conducive in the current climate. It was very hot in the closet, so I moved to the studio. But it might be a little echoey. Echo, 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 echo. That works for okay. me. Yeah, it's not that bad. Not that yeah. bad. Okay, good. Are you saying my new setup? It sounded a little better with this new microphone. I think that last that last episode, at least. Can I just say that I missed you guys? I feel like we haven't recorded in what, like two two and a half weeks. I know, right? Yeah, it's been a while. Life's been busy. What have you guys been up to, Nick? What's happening in the old woodshop Peru? Well, I, I, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I'm still working on those shelving unit things. I don't, I don't know what it is about these things, but I can't find time to knock these things out. Like, so two and a half weeks of not recording, and you're at the exact same spot you were last time we talked. Pretty what much. What are you doing? Um, no, I, I'm not at the same spot. So. I have made progress on these things. So the the two ladder sides are pretty much done. One of them is glued up and out of the clamps as of yesterday. Um, I put the two-part oil uh, finish that will not be named on those pieces like last week. <laughs> and they cured out and it was great. It looks awesome. The bourbon on ash, man, that was a money money choice mm. like it's it Put looks really really yeah that should totally be a song oh i'm i'm gonna write Wiz khalifa right after we're done here and he's gonna you know <laughs> drop some bars <laughs> dude i gotta say i saw the picture of the ladder shelf in progress and it is not at all what I had pictured in my mind. You did a horrible job describing what it was going to look like. <laughs> I, or I'll, a horrible job building what he had described. Right. Maybe that's what no, he meant. I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I described it terribly. <laughs> a lot of people were like, I thought it was something completely different. And yeah, I guess I failed at that part. It's just, it's literally like two ladders standing next to each other with shelves connecting them. Exactly. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of it now, and that's that's pretty much what I had envisioned. I think you okay. Got it. I mean, I thought I did pretty well at describing what I was trying to make. So, but I also listened to that description like four times because I was editing the podcast. <laughs> well, and you're a firefighter, so your understanding of a ladder is far greater that's true. than ours. Right, it's my area of expertise for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, but 
I, I got everything together. I got everything clamped up and I thought I would have enough clamps to clamp both sides of those ladders up. And I didn't, I mean, mm. what woodworker? Oh, did you get it all glued up and then run out? Well, I got one side glued up and I was like, I'll have enough for the other side. And then I put all of my parallel clamps on it. And I was like, I mm. don't have enough parallel clamps. That kind of, kind of stinks. So I just did one side with as many parallel clamps as I had, and I'll just put the other side in in the clamps tomorrow. Um, I used hide glue actually on these things. Have you have you used any hide glue? What's hide glue? Um, I don't know. It's it did did your horse get sick or something? (laughs) No, (laughs) it's like glue that you have to find before you can use it. Because in that case, yes, I use hide glue all the time. Yeah, I I hit it and then went and found it and then decided to use it. I don't. I actually don't know what it is. I think it's like a throwback to old school, really really old glue that they used to use um, on wood. Isn't it made? Isn't it literally made from like horse hides? That's, I don't know. I mean, that's the impression I'm under. I'm I love how sure it we is. talk about stuff all the time that none of us know what we're talking <laughs> right. about. We don't have a clue what we're Especially talking about. Especially because Nick starts out like, "Hey, you guys use hide glue?" Like he's going to tell us about it, and he's like, "I don't know yeah. what it is." Oh, I got no idea what it is. I had it, and the only reason because I I was using it because I thought it was going to hide itself in. <laughs> The seams. <laughs> I thought that's what the hide was, right? I mean, it did. It it, it dries. Are, are you serious right now? Is yeah. that really? I don't know. <laughs> Is it H I D or H Y D? It's an I D E. Okay, so as as the old man woodworker of the group here, I'm gonna have to come in and and say. Okay, wait, wait, wait. That hide no, glue. I, I've is never an used adhesive. it, but I, I at least before you read the description, okay. I can tell you that I at least know that it's made from literally horse hides and the one of the things about it is that if you're building a piece of furniture that you think you might be taking apart in the future to repair it or something like that that's uh one of the advantages because it do, it's not like a permanent i think you can disassemble it by getting the glue wet or something like that so i, I think at least know that much are you ready yeah. for the actual description all right now i want to hear the wikipedia from let's Jason. hear it okay Hide glue is an adhesive <laughs> made from animal connective tissue. Technically, it's a protein colloid glue formed by boiling down a collagen-formed skin, uh, bones, tendons, and other tissues. The result, Boom. the result is similar to a gelatin, or as um, we say over the pond, uh, gelatin. Animals commonly used <laughs> include horses. That's well, the only animal that it says, and it's also known as bone glue. Well, how about that? Today I learned. There you go. Does it smell like a dirty, wet horse? <laughs> I, apparently. I guess I've got a bottle of old Kentucky race horses in my shop. Wait, what? It's, <laughs> is it Seabiscuit? Is that? <laughs> yeah. Secretariat. But overall, does it seem to work just like a regular glue? Yeah. So when I used it, it's it's pretty much like an, any other glue. It's darker. So it comes out like an amber tint. Um, mm. And it's a little bit, it's a little bit more tacky. Than, hmm. than like a standard like type on two or three that kind of thing, but I liked it. It went on great. Um, I don't I don't know why I used it other than the fact that I knew it was amber to start, and it kind of matched the bourbon uh, of that R product. So you so, knew yeah. going into this project you were going to be sloppy and have no effort of cleaning up after yourself. <sighs> yes and no. I mean, I I make a conscious effort to clean up glue squeeze out 
But like when you put clamps on, you don't see underneath the clamps all the time. And I always have like just a little bit, you know, that's left over. When I take the clamps off, I'm like, dang it, I missed that little bit of glue when I was cleaning it up. And uh, yeah. sure enough, yeah, I missed a little bit because when I took these out, I had like two or three spots I need to go back and clean up. But apparently with the hide glue, you can heat it up and it's the heat that makes it, it uh, like reactivates oh, maybe it or that's something what it was. like okay. that. Yeah. So it, I th- Yeah. I knew there was some way you could reactivate it to take it apart later. I couldn't remember if it was water, but heat, that makes more sense. Yeah, guys- I think it's heat. You know how sometimes later in life you have these epiphanies of things that happened when you were a kid and then all of a sudden you have this grand realization like, oh, that's what that meant. <laughs> well, I distinctly remember when I was a little kid, my friends, they had this farm and I, I always used to go out and we'd like play with their horses and feed their horses. And one time I went out to their farm and one of the horses was gone and I was like, hey, where'd, where'd the horse go? And the guy was like, oh, he went to the glue factory. And I always, I always thought I had this vision in my mind that he was like at some grand craft time, or maybe he was like pulling a cart for factory workers because he was like a good horse. Uh huh. But now I understand Mm. that horse is walking around naked somewhere, (laughs) without a hide. Oh man, Uh, your childhood just got completely ruined. I'm scarred now, but not as scarred as that horse. Yeah. Anywho, so you have one side clamped up. You got to do the other side. Yeah, I'm going to do the other side. I'll probably do that tomorrow. I'll probably use the hide glue again because it, it does actually match really well when I had Because it hides. Bit. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it, it hides in plain sight. Because it hides. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they call it hide glue. It makes um, perfect sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <That's> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> but I, I wanted to finish these things pre-glue up because of all of those 90-degree corners that i was gonna have to deal with and putting ruby on those i was like oh, oh, dollar oh, oh there's a dollar oh. dang <laughs> <laughs> i really didn't think i'd be the first one i thought jason oh. would be the first one for the dollar dang if you if the audience could see this skype call the look on nick's face of just he defeat, feels so right? defeated. <laughs> i feel so awful but that's the nice oh. thing about the r product is oh god here we go if you have glue squeeze out you can just sand that one area and reapply and blends in you don't even notice oh uh, well see i didn't know you could just reapply and it would blend in yeah well, anyways, had I known that, I would Let's not maybe... wander down this trail. We're not talking about that no. godforsaken product. Ah, mm-hmm. enough of that. Anyways, All it looks right. gorgeous. I love that cool. color. Good for you. Blake, mm. buddy, yeah. buddy old pal, what's happening in, in your neck of the shop? Uh, I've had quite a bit of shop time lately, actually. So I've been working on the actual shop again. Oh, my gosh. Um, I know. What is this, like plan number 10? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's a one-car no, garage, right? It's a one-car garage. How many and times that's... can you work on it? Well, I had this big wall of pegboard on uh, above the, the back corner computer desk area that was just kind of cluttery and taking up a bunch of space. Not very efficient use of space. So I've had this woodshed out in the backyard or little like garden shed, I guess you'd call it, with all my wood storage out there. And I thought if I got rid of this pegboard and just found a place for the few tools that were actually taking up space there, I might be able to put some wood racks up. So I did that today, put some lumber racks up, and actually it was able to get 
pretty much all of the wood that I had out in that shed hung up on these two walls. So half of it is above where the new computer monitor is that I set up for the CNC machine. And the rest of it is above the cabinets that's above the CNC mm. machine. So this back corner, it actually looks a lot more like a wood shop now because I've had people ask me in my videos, where's all the wood for the wood shop? And I'm always explaining to people that I have to keep it in a another building, basically. So Wood storage is the nemesis of every woodworker. It really is. And the less space you have, the harder it is to, to figure out a place to put it. But what I really like about this setup now is that I can see it all. And when I start doing projects, I can, I can go through and kind of have a good idea of what I have. Because most of the stuff that I build, as opposed to like when you're building stuff for clients, you have an idea of what you want to build. And then you just go get the wood to build it. Whereas I'm sort of working backwards where I have a bunch of different pieces of wood and scraps and, and this collection that I built up over the years. But I usually start with whatever lumber I have on hand and mm, yeah. try to figure out what I want to build from it. Yeah. So it's nice having it right here where I can look, pick through it and look at it from my shop. So not to get too off track, but so both you and Nick, if I remember correctly, store all your lumber horizontally on racks, right? Yeah. And I store mine yeah. vertically. And I know this is a hot button yeah. like topic, vertical versus horizontal. What's is better? It, it is. Huh. Some people do not like horizontal. Some people do not like vertical. Do you guys have any opinion on this? I don't really care. I store it wherever I have room for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, I, that's my biggest challenge. Okay. My uh, my sawmill has it stored both ways. I don't think, I don't see, I mean, as long as you're getting airflow around most of it. Well, the idea is if it's horizontal between two, just two points of contact on a big rack, and if you have long runs, there's a thought that it can get bows in the middle. But then oh, okay. also people say the same thing about vertical is that it can like bow towards the wall. So I just wondered if you guys had a preference. Yeah, I will say if you're going to store it uh, horizontally, it just needs to have enough support so that you don't have a big long span and the weight is going to make it bow. But mm -hmm. I have noticed storing it vertically up against a wall that, um, especially the piece that's on the outermost, like if you have a stack of lumber leaning against the wall, whichever one's closest to you on the outside of that stack is going to be more susceptible to movement and um, uh, cupping and twisting because of just the sunlight hitting it tends to sort of dry oh, yeah. it out more and, yeah. and it's it's more more um, exposed to the elements even sure. if it's just ambient light coming in through the window i have noticed that top piece when they're when they're leaning up the up against the wall if it's a wide uh like a 12 inch wide slab or board or something it does move a little a little more than i'd like yeah and trees are not designed to like handle sunlight or weather no you know they're not made <laughs> they're definitely not made to deal with that so. no not at all no <laughs> Mine is stored vertically, but it's in a place in my shop that doesn't get any sunlight whatsoever, and I've never noticed any issues with it. Yeah, huh. I'm sure that going. helps I mean, a, lot. a lot of it's bowed and cupped, but I always just assume that's the way it was when I got it, and I have to work it anyways before I can build anything, so yeah. what yeah. else? Anyways, well, Blake, sorry. Blake, I, before, yeah. we, before we get off this topic, you store yours horizontal like I do. I've seen a lot of people actually sticker their lumber. To where, mm -hmm. you know, every board has, you know, air gap in between each. Do you do that or do you think that's overkill? 
No, I mean, at this point, my lumber storage is not a real serious, like, I don't have a bunch of big, you know, wide, heavy chunks of wood right now. It's a lot of small stuff that I've collected over the years and cutoffs from other projects. And the only time I have, like, a big, serious stack of lumber in the shop is if I go out and get it specifically for a project. Yeah. So this is a lot of offcuts and a lot of stuff that doesn't really matter that much. So... I just kind of store it wherever I have room for it. And today was a big improvement on that. So. Nice. That always feels good to get those done. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jason? What have, what have you been up to? Man, I am in a dark place, you guys. <laughs> oh, man. You got I'm more stools? Dark, I'm in a dark place. No, I am just, I've somehow gotten too busy. I'm always busy. I like being busy. I can't sit still. But I just, I've taken on too much, I fear. And so I've just been working like 14-hour days, seven days a week, and starting to feel it. I'm tired. That's why we were going to record last week, but I just couldn't do it. I was working every night last week. Yeah. I think we were all busy last week. It happens. Yep. Yeah, because I'm doing, you know, all my regular client stuff all throughout the week, but then I'm trying to get my house done. I've been working on kitchen cabinets like crazy, which I've gotten a really good jump on. So I have almost all my um, carcasses done. I got a lot of them. Face frames done, so I don't know if I told you guys, but I nice. I finally got to the point where I was going to try and salvage our existing cabinets and sand down the faces and repaint, and then finally, after going back and forth, I decided I just ripped out the entire kitchen, and I'm just going to rebuild the entire thing, so I'm building all new cabinets at this point, so. Yeah. Yeah, the sanding alone that you save is almost worth it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, some things... Like if you're trying to save money, whatever, but some things are just quicker if you just start from scratch. So did you say you ripped out the cabinet boxes too and you're you're building those from scratch or just it's the, literally the gonna it's literally gonna be the just the floor. I'm, I mean everything's coming out. Oh wow. I'm doing yeah. boxes, frames, everything. So Wow. Sweet. But it's kind of nice too because there's a few things about the kitchen layout that we didn't love. And so now that I'm rebuilding it, we can kind of customize it to be exactly what we want. So that'll be nice. Yeah. So I've been working on cabinets in the evenings. I've been working on client work during the day. I'm right in the middle of that really big project I was telling you guys about. That's basically these people's entire house of furniture. Yeah. Yeah. So, so far I've got the two bathroom vanities done and the coffee table done. And then I just this week finished um, a pretty cool built-in closet unit with like a secret pull-out countertop storage, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I think you were telling us about that one last time. And I actually have a question about that thing. Sure, go. So they, you told us last time that they wanted something where the bottom section pulls out so that they could like throw a suitcase on it, right? When they're packing for vacations and stuff yeah suitcase or fold clothes or whatever yeah right and so what occurred to me when i saw a picture of it that you posted is why would the whole thing have to pull out why not just like a pull out or a flip down like surface yeah Mm. i thought about that and the reason i did the whole thing pulling out is because i thought aesthetically it looked a lot nicer because you i mean there's a little bit of a reveal around the lower pullout but it looks like just a standard built-in just looking at it um Mm -hmm. i think it's more concealed that way and with any just pull-out work surface to do it right it would have been bulky or it would have been flimsy and i think it's a lot sturdier having the whole lower 
cabinet That's true. pull out because then you have all of the support of that lower base. It's got a nice weight to it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the way I went, man. Yeah. Does it roll pretty easily? Yeah. It, I am amazed at how stinking smooth that is. So it's going to be on top of carpet, um, which oh. I'm actually, at first I was a little worried, like, oh, is it going to roll smooth on carpet? But right now it's in my shop on concrete, and it rolls so smooth that I'm actually thinking it's going to be better on carpet because it'll give a little bit of drag to it. Yeah. Because right now it's so smooth that it comes out like super easy, and then it kind of wants to go back in really easy. So if, yeah. it's still, if it's still that smooth when I install it, I might have to put like a lock on it or something when you pull it out. But Are they just like straight casters that don't swivel or something like that? Yeah, it's straight. There's four casters on the bottom. And then I actually built, I did a Instagram TV video on this and posted it tonight. So you can go check it out of how I did the mechanism. But I basically built a false drawer that sits under the entire thing that's on undermount drawer slides. And the entire cabinet screws to that false drawer. And so the cabinet doesn't actually sit on the drawer slides. Like the drawer slides aren't supporting the weight of the cabinet at all. The drawer oh, slides just are, guide it. are simply guiding it in and out. So it can't ah. like go left or right at all. So it stays perfectly. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's really smooth. It allowed, cool. it allowed me to leave like a really small reveal on either side and not have to worry about it like bumping into the sides at all. And because it's so smooth on those casters, the drawer slides are slow closed. So if you push that thing back in, the whole cabinet's actually slow closed. Back oh, in that's, this thing. that's real slick. nice. So it's kind of yeah. nice. I don't think it'll still work on the carpet. I think there'll be too much drag for the slow close to engage. But yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Rad. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Yeah, it was one of those things that was, it was fun to figure it out, but I probably spent way too much time doing it. So now I got to play yep. catch up and yeah. get working on some other stuff. Well, you know what I want to hear about? What? I want to hear about that vanity Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh yeah! How did we not? How did we oh. that? That's like the elephant in the room, guys. I why? Mean. Why? If you yeah, are listening, tell us about your vanity, Jason. If you are listening and you don't know what we're talking about, I had a little accident uh, a week uh, ago. So yeah, I built this vanity. Wait, 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 wait! But before you even tell that story, I want to tell the story about how I first found out about it. Which we get a text from Jason. Speaking of the podcast, it and says, this literally was like moments after it happened. Oh, really? That that makes it even better. So we get a text from Jason that says, "Hey guys, remember last episode where we talked about our biggest mistakes in the wood shop?" Yeah. In the after show. Like, so if you didn't yeah. hear that, oh god, the after show. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That is that was an after show topic. So yeah, yeah. Sign up on Patreon if you want to listen to that. Um. But yeah. All right. Now. That that's the setup. Now now tell us the backstory, Jason. Well, now this is this is the biggest mistake I've ever had in the wood shop. So I built this vanity. It's gonna be a floating vanity. It's got a full wrap from drawer fronts around one side, so it's perfectly grain matched all the way around. I did this crazy, I mean, not really that crazy, but the drawers where it wraps around, I had to do them at a mitered 45 on one side so that it would be continuous grain match without any end grain showing i spent a lot of time getting this thing absolutely perfect it's a beautiful piece yeah it's really pretty i had just gotten all of the drawers installed with the faces on i had just gotten all the tolerances exactly like perfect so everything was just fitting in and running smoothly and for Instagram, I try and post every single day at 8 o'clock in the morning and 5 o'clock at night. Those are like my two times I try and post. 
And so I got all this put together. It was like 450. And I was like, oh, I could take a video real quick and throw it up on Instagram. I got time. So I set up my tripod. I wasn't really thinking. I was like rushing. And I thought it'd be cool if I just like did a video of me opening all the drawers and then going back through and just like slamming them shut and letting the slow clothes like do their thing. And so I just started going down the line, opening all these drawers, the vanity sitting up on my workbench. And like a moron, seems so obvious now, I opened all the drawers, putting all the weight on the front, and the entire vanity comes crashing off of my workbench onto the floor. Oh my I'm watching the gosh. I'm watching the video just going, no, 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 no. Uh, I was I speechless. Like such a doofus. Uh. And then you just, you can hear the crunch and just breaking wood and parts flying in that video. But I will say this, the most vulnerable part of the entire vanity is that wrapped corner where those 45 um, miters come together and the drawer opens up. And if that would have landed on the floor, I mean, I would have had to start over. That would have been destroyed because I can't just like switch out some things. It's all grain matched the entire thing. Um but I lucked out because the workbench it was sitting on right across from it was my other workbench. And so as mm. it came off the table, that corner came off first and then the face of it hit my workbench, preventing that whole corner from actually hitting the ground. Yeah. And so when it landed, that corner was still like six inches off the ground. So that actually didn't really get touched at all. There was one tiny little ding that I was able to sand out, but I got so lucky. I had to replace two or three drawer slides and rebuild wow. a couple of the drawer boxes. But other than that, whew, I was okay. Gosh. How, how long did that set you back? How much time do you think you took oh, repairing probably, that thing? Probably half a day. Mm. That's so not too it bad. Was, it was a setback, yeah, but not, not too it could have been worse. I didn't have to redo the entire wrap, which. And that was bad. literally, like you said, it was a couple minutes before five and it was on a Friday afternoon when you, when you sent us that video a few minutes later too. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> were you just working? Did you work over the weekend or did you just like throw your hands I, up in the air and no. wait till Monday? I, I like left the shop. I got it back up on my workbench, assessed the damage. And then I left the shop that night I went inside for a while and then at like eight o'clock, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, I got to go out and I got to fix this thing now. And so I went back out at eight and I worked late Friday night and then part of Saturday and I got it all fixed. I just couldn't leave it. It was bothering me too much. Seriously. Yeah. But boy, I will never do that again. Now. I can't post a video with drawers in it without a million comments on my post. Like, (laughs) Oh, don't open all the drawers at once. Yeah. Yep. Well, what makes me feel even worse about that is you posted your son opening the drawers without Dude. the drawer faces. Oh my god. And I saw it and it was like that's yeah. probably not a good idea, but I didn't say anything. And I, I was feel like I don't want to be I don't want to be like the safety troll and get on the case about it's that. It's your but... guys's fault. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a little bit you of blame. You too can prevent yeah. wildfires, okay? That's right. You see, you see something, you say something. I don't even want to. I don't even want to think about that, man. That freaks me out. Because yeah, it's I like had the, done a video the, the day before of him opening all the drawers and shutting them. The only difference was I hadn't put on any of those drawer faces, and right. so the weight it, it wasn't there. It didn't oh. matter. It wouldn't tip. But it's when I installed all the drawer faces, which are solid oak, that yeah. it added that extra weight that was just enough to tip that thing forward off the well, workbench. Well, it's like any anytime you buy anything from IKEA. 
which I'm sure you guys just buy everything from Ikea. Probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every send to my clients is Ikea. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they have that that tag on every single one of those drawered cabinets that they sell. The little the little Ikea dude uh, cartoon character, like uh, standing on the bottom drawer or whatever. And yeah, they, the thing tipping over. So they, they give you the hardware to fasten it to the wall. Is that something as a professional woodworker building stuff for clients that you think about like liability wise like maybe i should tell people to to secure it to the wall or oh well i uh, secure all my stuff like that to the wall that's the funny thing is like i oh, take because you're actually precautions. installing it most of the time yeah i take those precautions because i know sure. that that can happen i was just being a moron <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> how how often do you just ship something though to somebody oh i've never shipped a like a cabinet piece like that Okay. Primarily what I ship are like dining tables or coffee tables, things like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. no, be careful. It's a dangerous world out there. Oh, man. Shoot, man. Well, I'm glad uh, Glad it's behind you now. Yes, it is. I, and, it, and it looks great. It, it, you definitely pulled it off, so. Thanks. The issue I'm having with this big job is I'm building all this furniture, but the house isn't quite ready for the furniture. So now my shop is just filling up. There's furniture oh. everywhere because it's not like a normal job where I complete a piece and then go deliver it and then come back and build a new one. It's like I have all these pieces for this one client. and They're now, doing a big remodel and you're waiting for them to finish? Yeah, now I'm running out of work surface. So luckily I can go install these vanities on a week from... Or no, next Monday. So then I'll have some mm. space in my shop, which will be nice. Cool. Uh, we got to do that one segment. Uh, what's it called again, Nick? Uh, new maker. Who dis? Who dis? Who dis? That's not fair. You can't leave me hanging like that, Jason. <laughs> well, no, I was just trying. I was trying to switch it up. You know. I'm out there all like, by myself. I'll put it in the fool. Who dis? Who dis? Uh, all right, well, who cool. who is this? Yeah, who's got the new maker? Nick? Uh, yeah, okay. I've got a new maker. Let me uh, pull him up here. It is new. Wait, I got to get my phone. All right. Oh, yeah. Get your phone, guys. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. I am ready. Here we go. The new maker actually starts with new underscore new. collar underscore goods. I followed him. So two weeks or two episodes, rather, of users with underscores in their handle. But new collar goods. Underscores are a thing. Yeah, underscores are a thing, apparently. Holy cow. The first thing that I notice is that he puts this white border around all of his photos. Yeah, almost nothing is full frame. Wow, that is that is clean. That makes it look so classy. Yeah, his feed really stands out. I haven't even looked out. at the furniture yet. I'm just looking at all the borders. It's like an art gallery. Whew. Yeah, it's, it's really clean stuff. Very modern. Um... But I actually followed them not because of their furniture. I followed them because somebody posted their story, and they are hilarious. But let's also be clear. Their furniture is pretty cool, too. But, yes, their furniture is also amazing. Yeah, it is. It's, it's not like on Nick's point. not like their furniture is not that great, but they're funny, you know. Right. I would just. <laughs> it's like when, was... when somebody sets you up on a date and you're like, are they good looking? Well, they're hilarious. Right. They've got a great personality. <laughs> You've got yeah. a great personality. No, their furniture is <laughs> on par. I really like it. It's like kind of yeah, like. It really is. I don't even know what to call it. What do you call it? It's mid century industrial. Classic. <laughs> it's classic, man. Well, it's there's a good. lot of metal and walnut. I don't it's see kinda... much metal. Really? 
Uh, I see a little tables? bit. Are you guys both looking at the same maker? We are. Yeah, look at all these table bases with like the half metal, half walnut table base, kind of like Jory Brigham style, but like mid-century year. Okay, okay. I see what you're saying with the half metal, half wood. Yeah, like half the stuff on their feed. Are you wearing your glasses, Nick? I Yeah, I've got them on. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, a they've sweet got, They've page. got some awesome stuff. I've actually been following them for a while, um, but I don't remember seeing their stories so i don't know if uh it's it's Instagram's not showing them to me at the front or something okay so how are they funny describe it buried um as dry as the sahara desert humor (laughs) so really really dry humor hilarious stuff they actually if you go halfway down their their feed back to i don't uh, take kindly to humorous instagram pages (laughs) this is a serious place for serious people that's right none of that here right serious business Back to December nineteenth, oh, two thousand seventeen, they did some, some Christmas things that that actually oh, had I me. I do remember that. They actually. had me rolling on some the ground. The tape That's it. That's yeah, one of them. No, I. Slidey, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, I, I do remember that. Actually, it stands out. Is it, I just needed to jog my memory, but yeah. yeah so somebody posted that, and I was like hooked, and I've been following them ever since, and. They haven't been been too uh, heavy on the funny stories like that recently, but their furniture is just gorgeous, and they're out of uh, Denver, Colorado. Oh, right Denver. on! All right, well, new collar goods. Go give those guys a follow. They're yeah. sitting at uh, about twenty five hundred now. So, um, once we can again, get them up to twenty six, we, we will easily. officially take credit for every single follower that they receive from here on out. And You're welcome. It'll be a hundred percent from us. <laughs> Who dis? <laughs> but yeah, no, go follow them. Uh, New Collar Goods. And we will yeah. post um, one of our favorite posts of theirs on the Craft Will Never Die Instagram page. We will. And we'll put a link in the, in the uh, whatever it's called. Show notes. Podcast. Show notes. Yep. Cool. Um, we got a topic. Uh, we're going to talk about Instagram. So yeah. we've, we've all got a different take on that. Very different numbers across the board. I'm sitting at the lowest. Uh, Jason's... Got a few more than me, I think. And Nick, you've got some, got a decent following too, right? Somewhere it's in the middle. Not, it's not all about followers, guys. <laughs> says the Be guy with sure the most. Sure, I've right, got right. more than it's you. It's not guys, all about numbers. It's says, not all about says Jason. numbers. I mean, so is it nice Mr. to be where I'm at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Mr. But. It's not all about the numbers. Uh, how many followers do you have at this point? Let me check. <laughs> he knows that number. Like no, I, yeah, I he's know it's like coy. It's 120. Yeah. Well, I don't know the exact number. Wait, one hundred and twenty-seven thousand six hundred and thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-eight. Wow, that's, that's really impressive. 30, Forty-two. No, I'm just joking. It doesn't go up that quick. Not anymore. <laughs> no, it ha- it's it's right. dying out. So uh, let's let's do this. Why don't, we, just kind why don't of... we finish going around the table though, Nick? How many okay. followers do you Sorry. have? We'll um, just get the numbers out of the way, and then we can yeah. move past. You want to numbers? Exact don't matter. Number? Yeah, because because numbers that, don't matter. Sure. Okay. Exact number, ballpark, whatever. My exact number is thirty-three thousand three hundred and eighty-three. Dang. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's a lot of threes. I'm right at about uh, forty-eight hundred. So I'm I've got the most to learn from this podcast. So I'm. You just almost have as many as our new maker. That's right. That's <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I have to say, if I would have known you had so few followers, I wouldn't have agreed to be on this podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, not numbers don't matter. I'm just saying. 
I can that, sell it, can I? <laughs> I want to be careful who I associate with. Jason, I'm we got hoodwinked. Uh, there's a <laughs> there's a sucker born every minute, and the minute I ask you guys to join me on this podcast, there were two. That's yeah. right. So that was awesome. So why don't we do this, okay? Why don't we start off by everybody just kind of say how you got started on Instagram and what made you start on Instagram? Like, Blake, okay. what made you kind of dive into the Instagram world? Um, I just wanted an outlet to show the stuff that I make. So I found out about Instagram. I had a personal Instagram account for a little while that... um was just random photos of whatever ham sandwich I was eating. You don't want to hear about these random photos. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But at some point, I realized that Instagram, one of the things that makes it so different from where everybody kind of came from before that, which is Facebook, which is totally dead to me at this point. But what I liked about Instagram that was different was you could choose a niche, in my case, and for all of us woodworking, And you could just follow people who were posting stuff in that niche and you could go to Instagram and pretty much just see woodworking stuff Mm. Um, as opposed to Facebook where it's all these people that maybe you met one time or you went to high school with, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever, um, 50 years ago in my case. But um, (laughs) I I mean, you kind of cut through all the all the noise and just see the stuff that you want to see, and you could unfollow anybody who wasn't posting the stuff that you didn't want to see. So I like the fact that I could use Instagram just for kind of woodworking inspiration and uh, share what I was doing with anybody else who might have been interested. So that's that's it. That's how I got started, and just kind of used it ever since for the woodworking stuff. So we don't have to get into the whole YouTube topic because I feel like that's going to be another show. But were you on YouTube? And then Instagram or Instagram and then YouTube? No, I was on Instagram first. And honestly, being on Instagram and then starting to follow all the people in the woodworking community, realizing what an awesome community that was, was how I kind of started finding out more about the YouTube world and thought that I wanted to try my hand at that. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting because you normally hear the opposite of people being on Instagram forever and then going to YouTube but you like, no, that's what I did. That's that's no, no, no. Did. Well, <laughs> in a way, but like, I mean, <laughs> he's, not, he's not wearing, he's not wearing his glasses or his earphones. <laughs> no, what I mean is like people stay on, on Instagram and grow, grow their account on Instagram oh, and then finally gotcha. throw up a YouTube account. And what you're saying is you can't understand how my Instagram account is so pathetic when I've got exactly YouTube following. <laughs> I was trying to put it nicely. That is interesting. And I'm yeah. going to ask you more about that later when we get into like Instagram sure. strategy and stuff, because I have questions about that. But All Nick, right. what's your Instagram story? My story starts back in the photography world. I had a personal account that I kind of morphed into my photography business. So I would post kind of my everyday dad pics of my kids or whatever, you know, whatever was happening and then sprinkle in all my wedding photos and portrait sessions, engagement sessions, all of that stuff. And I started to grow that a little bit. And then I got into doing video production full time and then got into woodworking. And I don't know, it was probably probably six months into doing actual woodworking that someone said, Hey, have you put 
any of this on Instagram or any social media site at all. I was like, no, I don't think there's a a place for anybody that wants to even look at this garbage I'm making. <laughs> <laughs> but I was wrong. I I guess, you know, that 33,000 people proved you wrong. Right. Yeah. I mean, I started posting on Instagram just what I was doing, you know, just to build dining table for our house, an end table for the house, a coffee table, this and that. And yeah. I started posting a little bit here and there and people were commenting and liking and that's a good feeling, you know, when somebody, you know, likes your photo and then they comment on it and it's actually like a That's literally a, the only thing that gives me joy in the world of today. Is what? liking comments. <laughs> then I'm not gonna comment any more on your stuff. I, I'm just I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, it. that's one of the big reasons why I got into it because it was, it was a big thing of like someone says, you know, I really like what you made or that's that's a cool way to do something. So, I mean, I think that's what a lot of social media is. It's, it's those endorphins that get released when you get a like and mm-hmm. it it kind of gets you that addiction of like, well, if this many people like it, can I get more people to like it? What if I do this? Will people like if I do that? And you know, you know, the- it really does become at least for me. It's like it, it's a game. Yeah, like you're always yeah. trying to level up. Oh yeah, like okay, I'm at I'm at ten thousand followers. Like, can I get to fifteen thousand? Okay, I'm at fifteen. Can I get to like? It's like I don't know. It's a game. It's crazy. Yeah, when I hit five hundred followers, I threw like a party. Wow, and. I even had a post that was just me dancing around the shop like crazy, like just an insane man. And now to think <laughs> back, like 500 followers, that seems like like nothing. It, and yeah, but that is, I mean, that's a lot of followers. That's, no, that's that's a huge accomplishment. I don't want. Yeah, so I don't I mean, want to take first that away. Started that is a big accomplishment. Yeah. That's almost. That's. I mean, that's like Blake's half as many. There. Yeah, that's almost as many as Blake's got. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I don't remember getting an invitation. Oh, you, did I not send you one? Uh, maybe it's stuck in the mail somewhere. It's the yeah, it's in, it's in the mail. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I know what you mean about that kind of play in the game and a little bit of endorphin rush and that sort of thing. But the other thing about it, I mean, especially as a hobbyist woodworker, is that woodworking is such a solitary sport. <laughs> not, if you, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Maybe sport's not the greatest word for it. Probably but, not. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're sitting in your garage most of the time by yourself building furniture and um but you know there is a community out there and and there is a bunch of other people doing the same thing so to be able to find that niche and find that community and share back and forth what everybody's working on and tips and techniques and that sort of thing is that was another big part of the draw for me too yeah yeah definitely yeah when i realized that there was an actual like community of woodworkers it was pretty eye-opening to the fact that there are tons of people like me that go to their garage on the weekends and there's you know, no one like you nick no you're a snowflake you're unique <laughs> you want in a there's million. no one in the world like you yeah <laughs> don't believe a thing you, you hear about that let's hope there's no one like nick <laughs> yeah my mom hopes there's not anybody else like me no but i know exactly what you mean so when i started on instagram my wife and I had started another business. It was a textile printing company. We were both doing it full time and we needed some tax write-offs. And so I was like, oh, we got to spend some money on something that's tax deductible. And so I was like, I'm going to buy some woodworking equipment 
and I'm going to try and make some little woodworking items because I thought I live in Oregon and I have a beard. Why not? Let's give it a try. <laughs> right. Um, and so I bought some stuff and I started just making like little items and I was just looking for a way to market those items. And so I was trying to sell them like on Etsy. I started my own website and then kind of the natural progression when you start a business is you try and check all the boxes, right? You get a business name, you get a website and you make sure you have those usernames on all the social media outlets. Yeah. And so I just started posting stuff on Instagram in the hopes that people would see my stuff and buy it. I had no flipping clue about the community of woodworkers that I would like stumble into on yeah. Instagram. I mean, I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking about that when I started on Instagram. I was literally I like, just trying to market my stuff. I feel like that's the same reaction for for everybody because you just you don't know it's there until you're on Instagram and that's usually how most people find out about all the other people who have the same interest and a lot of similar like-minded personalities and and people, you know, that that are doing this thing. I mean, that's how we all met and a lot of other people that we've become actually like real real life friends with you know not just internet friends but people we've yeah. met and not like we, us we're we not real life friends. no i don't know who you guys are <laughs> we're internet friends yeah <laughs> uh, you know what i mean I, making actual legitimate friends with people i guess yeah no i mean the community that i have been able to interact with through instagram the friends that i've been able to make i mean like the long lasting friends it has blown my mind and the other crazy thing that i just never expected is i started putting my stuff on instagram in an attempt to like market my items my dinky little things i was trying to sell and then i started seeing other people's posts of them doing like these cool woodworking projects and it started slowly like pushing me and encouraging me to like try new things and bigger things and different techniques and I owe a lot of my woodworking education solely to Instagram and people that I followed and just seeing them do different stuff and trying to emulate them. Yeah, I would I would echo that. So I want to hear from both of you about how you think you got started in terms of the growth on Instagram, because you guys both have solid numbers and you have a huge following. Where do you think that success came from? Mm. Well, I know for Nick. (laughs) <laughs> he relies yeah. a lot. He relies a lot on his looks. That's that's obvious. Yeah, we we kind of yeah, yeah. I wasn't able to do that as much, <laughs> so I had to go like all out guerrilla warfare and try and rely on my skills, which weren't there at the beginning. Um, but no, I mean at at the start, literally all I was doing was taking pictures of what I was working on and putting it on Instagram. And that worked okay. I was trying to curate as pretty of a Instagram feed as I possibly could. So at the very beginning, I was only taking pictures of like finished items in their most beautiful setting possible. And my following was in, it was, it was okay. It was right around like, you know, Blake, not great. (laughs) (laughs) And I I love that Blake is a measurement. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And then I heard somebody say like, oh, the key to growing on Instagram is you got to post, you know, you got to post a lot. I was posting maybe two times a week, if that, because I was only posting finished stuff and it took me at least like a week to build something. And so I thought, okay, I need more content. Well, the only way I could get more content is if I started not just posting beauty shots of stuff, if I started actually posting pictures of me building the stuff. And so then I started posting pictures of like the actual process going into it. And that's when I saw my first real jump in followers. 
And I really believe it's because people like to be included in the actual process. I mean, people like seeing a pretty picture of furniture, but they don't connect with that. They can't learn from that. They can't, you know, see how they might be able to emulate that. They like the process shot. So when I started actually showing people the process of what I was doing, I saw a huge jump in the amount of followers I got. And then from there, it was like, okay, well, how can I grow again? And I stayed snagged in it at probably three to 4,000 followers for a really long time, just doing process shots and beauty shots. And then one day I was kind of burnt out on it. I went out to my wood shop. I turned on the camera and I'm just, I don't know if you guys have noticed this cause I, I'm pretty reserved, but I'm also kind of a goofy guy. Really? You? Yeah. I mean, really? I like to not take myself too seriously. I don't show a lot of people that side of me, but I, hmm. I, I like to, have a good time okay hmm. Hmm. All right. and so i like went scrabble, out to, like scrabble good time scrabble i like to do the crosswords not the sunday crosswords but anyways i went <laughs> okay. out to my wood shop and i was like you know what i literally was like screw it i don't really care about the business anymore i'm just gonna post me like who i actually am on instagram and I did this stupid mock tool review video of me like reviewing a lightsaber as a real tool. And I pull out this piece of hard rock maple and try and cut through it. And I just smash the lightsaber to like smithereens. It was so <laughs> stupid. But that video at, at the time for me kind of went viral. I mean, like the most views I had ever seen on a video, the most comments, the most whatever. And I had this light bulb moment of like, okay, I've showed people beauty shots that got me some followers. I showed people process shots that took it up another notch. Now I'm going to show people who I actually am because the final key for me was allowing people to not only connect with the final product and the process, but also connect with who I am as a person because people really like learning about people's personalities and who they are. And when I started doing that, that's when I really started seeing my numbers grow. So what cool. what would you say for somebody like Blake that's not very funny? <laughs> well, there that's the crazy thing about Instagram is it's so huge cuz like I I know you're joking around but like let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about that like in all seriousness because not everybody's like super funny. Not everybody's super comfortable like in front of the camera or going to be wacky and do stories. But everybody relates with somebody else. And yeah. so even if you're not trying to be funny, if you're being genuine and showing like who you actually are, like that vanity fail, for example, I know a lot of people who would have filmed themselves doing something like that and not posted on Instagram. Oh, sure. Because, because we have this need and desire to post like our very best like appearance on Instagram. But I'm in the like screw it mentality. I'm going to show people who I really am. And so I post that up. And if you scroll through that, I kid you not, that post. It's more got, relatable. If you got, if you look at that post, it got over seven hundred comments on that post. Yeah, wow. and I would say that two thirds of them are people saying like, "Thank you so much for posting this. It's nice to see that other people make mistakes." Yeah, like, like almost every other comment was that because people want to connect and relate like with somebody else. Yeah, they don't just want to see somebody that they're like, I'm never going to be as good as this person. They want to like see somebody that they potentially could be as good as that person. Right. And so even if you're not funny, 
Just show who you are. Show your mistakes. Show your failures. If you're confused on something, post a picture about it and be like, hey, I'm stumped. Anybody out there want to help me? And then you're going to get all this engagement on your feed because people are going to start responding to that and saying like, oh, you ever think about doing it this way or that way or this way? Yeah. What about you, Nick? Tell us a little bit about your growth and what, what you would attribute that to. I would attribute my growth to a little bit of luck and a lot of hard work. I I probably got to about 1,500 followers on my own, and then I got a shout-out from Brad Rodriguez, Fix This, Build That, uh, way back in the day. Never when, heard of him. Yeah. I, I don't know. He's got a, a, a Fic- podcast and a small YouTube channel. Fix what? Build who? Build, build something. Fixing. I'll send you a link. Fixing things okay. and building Maybe we'll do him as our stuff. new maker next week. Yeah. He needs a, a few. <laughs> okay, so, but he gave me Bob a follow Hernandez. He, yeah, <laughs> he gave me a follow Friday uh, back when he was doing those, and I was floored. I like literally was at work and was telling all my coworkers who could care less about you know woodworking that I'm getting a feature you know follow Friday from somebody, and they're like, "Who? What?" I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I don't know if you've talked about this on the podcast, but so you edited or you do edit or did edit made for profit. I still do. You still edit made for profit, which is Brad and John's podcast. Yeah. Were you editing it at the time or was this before that? No, this is long before they, this was long before they even thought about doing their podcast. Okay. Okay. Uh, I didn't start editing their podcast till like episode 35 or something like that. And but I mean, they're on episode 106 now, so 75 episodes later. But yeah, this this was long before that. Um, but after he gave me that that shout out, I was like, okay, I think I need to take this a little bit more serious and start posting, you know, consistently once a day. Uh, I think I started out actually, like you said, twice a day, and then that kind of failed pretty quickly because I don't have a whole lot to post twice a day. That's tough. Especially yeah. for somebody that, you know, I've only got a couple hours on the weekends now and then. And two times a day, I can only stretch one project out so long to where it just looks like I'm trying to stretch it out, you know? Some people are so good at that, though. Like milking yeah. a project for like 50 posts. Yeah, I'll throw yeah. out Keith Johnson is the king of <laughs> of stretching or, um, out one project. Or That's like true. we from um, Alabama Woodworks. Yeah, he's been working on chairs for like three years. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like no joke. Yeah, I think it's Every been like the process. like eight yeah. months, but still, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I don't know if I. I it's just not in me. They were probably done. They were probably done five months ago. But right. he's just stretching out. Still the content. got content. Still yeah. gonna post it. It's just not in my blood to be like I'm gonna capture absolutely every process of something and hold yeah, on to sure. it and then post mm-hmm. a little bit here and a little bit there and like you know give you know my audience that the the drip feed i i just can't do that i don't know what it is see that's something that i've actually been trying to to work on more lately and i realized lately i had this kind of epiphany just over the last week or two that i made a big mistake when it comes to instagram social media etc because i've been working on this cnc enclosure cabinet probably for over a month now and at some point early on I made the decision that I wasn't going to post a bunch of um, 
like progress photos, I wanted to have this like big reveal moment, right? Where I, where I just, I, I figured it was just this box that I was going to finish and then I was going to post the, the final photo of it. But it, for one thing, it ended up taking me way longer than I thought it was going to. And I put a lot more effort into it. And there's a lot of different things that I've done to it that, man, I would have had so much content if I would have just posted along the whole build as I was building it of each little thing that I put into it. But I kind of started down this path and I'm just way too stubborn to, to change it halfway through. So yeah, but my, the question, the question I would pose you is like, who is your following and who are you posting for? Like, what is your goal in posting? Is it to try and sell stuff? Well, there's so few of them that I could tell you by name if you want. <laughs> well, I mean like, yeah, but like when you post the picture, what's your goal in that picture to try and sell that thing to somebody? No, I mean, it is just to share what I'm doing and yeah, share but then you got to think, and- you got to think like probably just guessing off the top of my head, I would say 85 to 90% of your following is other woodworkers. Right. And so, yeah, they care about the final product, but what they really care about is the process that goes into that because they're interested right. in how they can do what and you're I, doing. I realize that, and especially now in hindsight, but that's what I usually do, and that's what I've done with all my other projects, is try to milk the the process for as many different Instagram posts and everything as I can. And even my YouTube channel, my my videos, I don't wait till I finish a project to put out a video. I actually do four or five videos along the way. But for some reason, I just started out thinking that I was going to finish this thing and then post it and... And then I halfway through, I kind of felt like it was too late to, to go back and change that. And I had already done so much that I had missed. So it was a bit of a missed opportunity. And, and I don't, I, I, I'm just going to learn from it and not do that again. And I'm just every, everything that I build from now on, I'm just going to include my audience in the process along the way. But, you know, for me, I, I don't have a huge following, but I don't feel like I'm sitting here wondering why I don't have a huge following. And I actually had um, somebody on Instagram who messaged me of all people. I'm not sure why they chose me to ask this question. I'm not really the right person to ask, but they were like, I only have X amount of followers. Like what's the secret? And my, I, I looked at their, their page and their content was decent. You know, they, they were, it was cutting boards and projects that they had made and it was nice, nice stuff. But, um, you know, I told him, first of all, I don't, I don't know that I'm the right person to ask because I don't have a huge following either, but all I can say is just do what you love and post along the way. And, and, uh, it takes time to build up an audience, but I gave it a little bit more thought after that. And this is one of those things. It's like a very, a very Blake thing. And you guys are going to hate me for this, but oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm already like, having a hard time following the story because it's too long, but go ahead. I know. I know. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> um, but okay. For the numbers people out there, which I know that neither one of you guys are going to like this, but there might be somebody in the audience that, that, that will find this useful. I, I thought about it in terms of like, what if you, what if you gave each factor like 10 points or something and then basically multiplied factors oh of 10 for gosh. each thing that you have going for you. Wait, you yeah, you, do you guys, f- yeah, feel free to just turn off your microphones and for the few people in the factor. audience that want to hear this. All right, the let only me, factor let me explain. I know is the fear factor. Oh, I love that life. show. No, but, but, but let me explain. So let's say the stuff that you're posting is good. Okay. So there's, there's 10. 
So you got 10 followers. Oh let's gosh. say <laughs> let's say the content that you're posting is great. There's another factor at 10. So 10 times 10, you got 100 followers. Let's say it's it's like absolutely amazing, incredible, like Philip Morley style or something, right? So there's 10, 10, 10. You got 1,000 a, a followers. But there, then you got to factor in these other things like consistency. There's a factor of 10. Maybe the length of time you've been on, on Instagram. There's another factor of 10. Personality, that's a huge one. That's another factor of 10. Is, is the stuff that you're posting good or great or is it actually unique? So how different is it? There's another factor of 10. You know, what's the presentation? Are you presenting it in some cool, unique cinematic style or whatever your style is? There, is or this is how it just you decided like to else? marry your wife? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. She was definitely a 10. I got to say that. <laughs> a factor of 10. Was she good or great? Yeah. <laughs> Don't answer. <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you she was not Philip Morley. Oh! <laughs> Something better. Not not a dude for one, for one thing, but uh, no, I mean when when you when you add it all up, you got to have a few things going for you. I think in any and that's YouTube, oh, Instagram, any kind of social media. And if you're if you're posting excellent content, but you're wondering why am I not growing? Well, maybe you're not posting it consistently enough, or maybe you haven't been doing it that long, or maybe you're you're yeah, posting no, great stuff, but you have true. you have zero personality. If you're posting amazing, amazing stuff, but you're posting it at like three in the morning and you're not hashtagging it, and if you're doing a video, your thumbnail's horrible, then nobody's gonna see it. Nobody's gonna care about it. And that's really exactly. sad. I mean, it'd be nice if you just you know all the awesome stuff did awesome and the not great stuff didn't do great but that's not the way it is i see so much viral content that's absolute garbage but they figured out how to work instagram and they got their hashtags on point they got a catching thumbnail it's like just interesting enough to like draw people's attention and like yeah for sure all those factors play into it big time yeah so i mean if you're sitting there wondering why isn't my following growing think about what you're missing you know, you might have one or two great things going for you, but what are you not doing of those things and, and more? I mean, there's other factors too. Like like Nick uh, mentioned, a shout out. Maybe there's another factor of 10, but uh, that's that's mostly luck on that one. But I don't know. That's my take on it. I don't think I, when I say I don't, I'm not wondering why my following isn't growing. To me, it's pretty clear that the biggest thing that I have working against me is that I don't post very consistently. So, I, I mean, I feel like I have decent content and, and I show the progress shots and I, I, the people that do follow me like what I do. So I've got something going for me, but I'm not posting very regularly. I, I, it's, it's a hobby for me and I only get limited time in the shop. So yeah. it's, sometimes it's a couple of weeks will go by and I don't even post a single post. Whereas you're talking about posting twice a day. So it's no yeah. wonder, you know, yeah. your following has grown. Well, and I think that's really the the difference is like, I don't think my content is any better than like yours or Nick's. In fact, I think Nick's content is way better than mine because he actually knows how to use a camera. I just like pull out my dusty phone and try and point it at something. Um, but no, it's if you want to know why I have a bigger following, it's because I spend a ridiculous amount of time working on growing Instagram. My phone, unfortunately, tells me how much time I spend on it each day. And I'm on social media on average six hours a day. Yeah. How is that even possible? Well, I don't know how I actually get any work done, but that's what that's right. what I'm averaging on social media. Gary and is actually doing all of the building. 
Yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> no, but that's like, that's not just putting posts together. That's putting posts together. But that's also like trying to keep my engagement up and like responding to all the comments that people are sending or yeah. liking, you know, yeah. other people's stuff or every time you feed DMs. a board through the planer, you're pulling out the phone and responding to comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, un- unfortunately, Instagram is one of those platforms that rewards people that use the platform. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're on there a lot, it's going to see that you're on there and it kind of rewards you for it. I mean, and I, I think the most people that grow the most are the people that, you know, their screen time shows it. Did you stop talking? Or did I totally lose you. I just stopped talking. Everybody, everybody just stopped. That was just complete we silence. This, we have this delay in your video, and it's it's like the old school Godzilla movie or something. Sorry. It looked like you were still talking. I was Bruce Lee in it over here. Sorry, my bad. I thought you were cut like, out. Is he still going? Uh, Sorry. All right, we still got you. That's funny. Uh, what were we talking about? Instagram. Instagram. Right. Instagram. Um. You know what we got to do? We got to hear a word from our sponsor. Uh, You got one for us this week, Jason? I do. So today's episode is brought to us by Ouchie Frisbee. Do you like family fun with just a hint of danger? Well, Ouchie (laughs) Frisbee takes recycled table saw and shop saw blades and turns them into America's favorite pastime. Ouchie Frisbees can be thrown as hard or as fast as you want. And the fun part is, if you don't catch it, you die. <laughs> Ouchie Frisbee. Get yours today oh. for children, adults, and the elderly. Whew. That's a sharp nice. advertisement. Oh, <laughs> I saw it on TV. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jason. All right, well, before we sign off with this topic, why don't we just quickly go through each one of us and kind of throw out your top few, maybe best tips for growing on Instagram. Top few? Oh, man. You're just going to have to stop me when I say too many because there's a lot of them. Okay. That's all right. I'll just give you the, I'll try and keep this under 60 seconds. 60 second Instagram rundown, how to be successful. Number one, photos, they're dead. Don't post photos anymore. Instagram doesn't care about them. It's Mm. all about the videos. If you want followers, videos are going to get you followers. Photos are going to get you nada. If you have to post a photo, put it in a carousel. That's going to up your chances of getting followers, but still not as many as a video. If you're going to post a video, post it in vertical format. Don't post it in horizontal format. Why? Why, you ask? Because as you're scrolling through your Instagram feed, horizontal, it doesn't take up as much real estate. My friend Nick told me this once and I didn't listen to him and then I did it and I saw the light. If you post Mm -hmm. in vertical, you're going to take up the entire screen. That's all people are going to see and they're going to stay on your video longer. So do that. If you're going to post a video, thumbnails are the most important thing you could possibly think of. You want that first frame where you select the cover on Instagram to be as catching as possible. I have even gone as far to put a half second picture in the back of a video just to use as a thumbnail because it's more interesting than any clip in the actual video. Now, I'm not talking about like (laughs) clickbait, but I take a specific photo that relates to the video that is very catching that I wasn't able to capture through the video and I make that my thumbnail. It's a good trick to do. Yeah, that's smart. Um, Engagement. 
in the first like hour that you post something on Instagram, you want to be on top of it with responding to every comment on your post, liking every comment on your post, because that first hour of engagement on Instagram is huge. People care about that Instagram, especially. So that's going to make your post do bad or worse. Yep. Um, what else? Consistency. Absolutely. If you are posting once a week, you're not going to see a follower again. You got to be in front of people's face a lot to see any good following. So if you post once a day, try posting twice a day. If you post twice a day, try posting twice a day and do an Instagram TV. If you don't want to spend hours on end being on Instagram, then stop caring about your following because that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, did I leave anything out? Uh, the only thing I would add to that, everything probably nailed it. I would say consistency and pick a time. You said this earlier about you posted at 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. I've been doing a little experiment over the past, I don't know, two, three weeks about trying to find a time. And I used to post 9 p.m. every night regardless. That was it. One time a day, 9 p.m. And it was great. I had the same amount of engagement. The same people would see it because that's where they were on. And I would, you know, I would respond to comments. I've been playing this game of when to post and it has been a massive failure because all these different times people are not on or they are sparingly this and that, or they don't have time to see my entire video and make a comment, that kind of thing. So find a time that works for you and post and be super consistent about that time posting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I would say, don't be afraid to repost old content because the way that Instagram works now, like for example, I've got almost 130,000 followers and on average, when I post a picture or video, it's getting like two to 3,000 likes on a, on a video, okay? That is a tiny, minute fraction of my actual following, which means there's a whole lot of people that didn't see it. And so if you're struggling to come up with enough content to post consistently, repost old stuff. You're worried that like, oh, my followers aren't gonna like seeing the same thing. Well, the people that see it the second time you post it probably aren't the same people that saw it the first time. Sure, there's gonna be some overlap, but I've yet to have anybody be like, hey, stop posting the same stuff over and over again. Um, it's a good way to come up with more content if you're struggling to like have enough stuff to post. Yeah, for sure. Blake, you want to add anything there, buddy? Yeah, I'll keep this real simple. Uh, three things. The first one is if you have more than 5,000 followers, don't listen to anything else I'm going to say because it might actually bring <laughs> your following count down. <laughs> but if you have less than that, maybe this will be interesting. Um I mean, I guess I would just reiterate kind of to sum it up what I said earlier, just think about those factors that you don't have and think of them as kind of a compounding effect. So if there's one thing that you feel like you're missing, whether it's more personality, you know, like Jason said, being your genuine self or just consistency or just maybe switch up your presentation, do, do, do things a little differently. Um, think about maybe what, what it is that you're missing, because if you're just posting nice stuff, but it's in a really generic way, like everybody else is, then that might be what's hampering your growth. Uh, and then the last one is because we've already mentioned made for profit. Um, those guys do a great job of going really in depth yeah, on all this stuff. So I just want to give them a shout out and recommend that podcast made for profit. Um, 
because they not only talk in depth about Instagram and everything else around the subject of how to grow your following, but yeah. they, they come back to like, for example, every few months they'll, they'll do another episode just to do what's, what's new and kind of an update on, on the, the nuances of Instagram. Yeah. So they also go, pay go me listen to that podcast, right? Yeah. They also, <laughs> they also cut Nick a paycheck. So, but yeah, that, that's it for me. Um, I know I've got some work to do on that and I, I've got a lot of ideas and I've mentioned this before. I'm in a little bit of a holding pattern with everything woodworking in general because I don't have a lot of time. It's summer and I got two young kids. So I'm looking forward to fall when we're going to have both kids in school full time for the first time ever, because we have, uh, one kid who was in preschool, just, you know, limited times throughout the week. And now he's going to be in full-time school. They both will be and that should free up quite a bit of time. And I, I plan on doing a lot more actual building woodworking projects and not just kind of coming out here to, to tinker on the shop itself like I have been lately. So um, expect but to see more from me. The final thing I would say about Instagram is if you're enjoying Instagram and you're having a good time posting and you know you enjoy the community, seriously, don't worry too much about the following. Like it, you can get so trapped in that world of like needing more and needing more and it will drive yeah. you crazy. Just enjoy it for what it is. And I mean, just, just post quality stuff. And I, if you're doing that and staying consistent, the following will come, but just don't dwell on the following. It will eat you up. Yeah. I, I guess one thing that I got to say is at the points where I've been doing a bunch of woodworking and tr and making an effort to grow the account, it grows. And then at the points where I'm just too busy, I don't, I'm not in the shop that much, and I kind of back off, it stops growing. But you can always, you know, that's just life, and you can always just come back to it. So don't tear your hair out if you're in one of those points where you can't work on it at the time. Well, and I would say that one of the absolute best ways that I have seen to legitimately grow your Instagram account that is like hands down. I mean, it's just the most effective is to join our Patreon and get a shout out on the craft will never die podcast. Yes. Um, absolutely. We can guarantee maybe a follower <laughs> or two. No, that's absolutely one of the factors of 10 that I, I left out, but, but yeah. uh, joining us and letting us give you a shout out is a factor of 10 right there. For sure. For so sure. go on over to Patreon and join us because not only will you get a shout out on the main show, but you will also get access to our after show, which we're going to head over there in a minute and we're going to get... But first, we got some new patrons. Yeah. Right? Let's thank our new patrons here for a second. Oh yeah. We got to do that first before I get ahead of myself. Yeah. Nick, tell us who our new patrons are. Um, I believe Wait, we is it new Patreons or is it new patrons? I was gonna say they're patrons on patrons. Patreon. Yeah, no, I I said that wrong. But thanks can we for call that. them P, P Diddies? Who's our new P Diddies? <laughs> we got a couple new P Dids. Uh, we got three new patrons: James Beggs, Mark Peacock, and Chris Jacobson. But not only that, we've got a new crew member: Mike Coffee, Custom Builds. Yeah, Mike. And oh. Wait, we have two new crew members. The second one is Christian Sapp. What's up, Christian? Welcome to the crew. And Mike? That's right. And Guardians. We added a Guardian to the fold. The Guardians of the Craft! We've got <laughs> Zach from Georgia Crate Company. But we can't forget our buddy Stuart. Yeah, Stuart. S still with no last name, Stuart. 
Wait, guys, guys. Um, I wrote Zach at Georgia Crate Company a haiku. Yes, we owe Zach a haiku. All right. Okay, you ready? Let's hear it. Okay, I had to kind of change the pronunciation of the company name in order to fit it in the first line of the haiku. <laughs> I already love just it. A, just a disclaimer. Georgia Crate Company. Com- company. Not company. Company. Georgia Crate Company. <laughs> what? It's Georgia Crate Company. It's steadfast and melancholy. Like fire burning that's it oh that's it <laughs> i was i was trying to count the syllables i was a couple behind <laughs> oh is that is that why you had to change it because the it's a number of syllables yeah thing? yeah it has to go oh, five seven five yeah for it okay. to be a true haiku that's so right company company, company is company. three but i had to change okay. it to company to be two but i did it for you georgia crate company <laughs> you did it there's your haiku awesome. thanks for your guardianship guardians oh uh one more thing we got to talk about speaking of patreon um we had a couple people ask because we have talked about our (laughs) (laughs) sorry i actually what just just happened i just clipped one of those industrial paperclip things on my nipple (laughs) 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 i'm sorry okay i didn't mean to interrupt oh my god patreon Uh. I, what what are we what are we talking We're about? We're talking about the <laughs> the craft it forward. Oh, the craft it forward campaign. Okay, sure. Uh, yes, the craft it forward campaign. So, um, we had talked previously about how. Um, we're doing this craft it forward campaign and we're going to craft it forward, make sure that the craft never dies by hooking up a high school wood shop somewhere in the USA with some funding and some new tools to keep those kids in the craft. And so Previously, we actually had a GoFundMe, but we've shut down the GoFundMe. We've decided instead to just take a cut from the Patreon money. We're going to take 25% of the proceeds from you guys signing up for Patreon and give that directly to that high school at the end of the year. We haven't figured out yet how we're going to um, choose a high school, but we'll, we'll give you more information on that as we get a little closer to the end of the year. But at this point, just know that if you're signing up for Patreon, not only do you get the awesome shout outs, not only do you get uh, access to the after show, but a portion of your money is going to also benefit those kids. Yes. You guys need to do this. It'll be awesome. My idea, because we don't know exactly how we're going to pick who it's going to go to. And I had this idea before the show we were talking and I said, we should get like like all the high schools could maybe apply to get the money and then they pick one kid from each class, woodshop class, and then they all go to this big like dome where they can change like the climate and stuff. And at the very center of the dome is a big pile of like woodworking tools and they all have to (laughs) rush into the center and grab a tool and then it's like last person standing and they can fashion weapons and stuff and they kill... Each, I mean, the only way I can see them is they have to kill each other. Maybe that's not the... I'm still working on the, the idea behind it, but we're yeah. going to pick somebody to get this money, and it's going to be awesome. It will probably be something exactly like that. Okay, yeah. good. The end result is we're going to hook up a high school wood shop with your dollars, so join us on Patreon. It's for a good cause. You're supporting us, you're supporting the show, and you're supporting the craft. Yeah. Mm, yeah, definitely. 
All right. Well, with that, we're going to go head on over to the after show and hang out with our patrons. We're going to go even deeper into the subject of Instagram and social media. So if you want to listen in, just join us on Patreon and we'll see you there. Oh, and if you come over there, Nick's going to tell everybody um, how long it was before he stopped wetting the bed. You're only going to find out if you're (laughs) a patron. So sign up to hear those juicy details. Okay, we'll see you at the after show. Goodbye. (laughs) Okay. Sweet. See you later. Later. Later.